Welcome to Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. Life Over Coffee is the podcast where I deal with relevant issues, things that pertain to all of our lives, and I trust this will be a benefit to you today. This is episode 175. I want to talk about an issue that we all have. The issue is insecurity. There are a lot of words that we can use for this, but insecurity is a good word, and it's a word that I think virtually everyone understands. And so I titled the podcast, episode 175, When You're Insecure Around Certain People. You see, people are not afraid of every person in their world, but it is possible to be afraid of certain individuals. That's the way it is with insecurity or fear of man. It's not a universal thing in your life. There are some people that you can associate with and interact with, but then there are other people that, well, you are timid to be around for whatever reason. And that's what I want to address in this podcast because you should not be that way around any person. And so if you do struggle with insecurity, well, this would be a good podcast for you because the insecure person is in a trap. Being vulnerable is hard. And that's really what we're talking about here. That is the fear or a good way to describe the fear that's underneath the insecurity. The person doesn't want to be vulnerable. Vulnerability, for whatever reason, is hard for them. But I want you to know that the Bible has a solution that will release you Release such a person from the prison of timidity, fear, being afraid, being insecure. If you want to talk about this, I would encourage you to do that. Come to our website. You're welcome to chat with me and our team. It is what we do. We are an interactive relational ministry, and our sole purpose is to help people in their walk with Jesus Christ. And so if we can help you, jump on our forums, and we would love to serve you that way. If you do struggle with insecurity, I would encourage you to get on this episode. Go to rickthomas.net, episode 175 in our Life Over Coffee series. Life Over Coffee is the other podcast, not your daily drive, the one where I do our article content, but Life Over Coffee, and that you get these resources that I have here. What I have, I have a, a graphic for one, that you can look at. I have a short video for you to view. It's about 90 seconds or so. It's really short. I have the show notes here, which is the show notes. Are, they are a skeletal outline of what I'm going to share with you. And then I have some vital resources that will help you to work through this problem that you have. Now, the reason I have these resources here is because, unfortunately, a lot of people think that when they have a sanctification problem that they can go to a counselor for a season or meet with somebody one time or even ask a question on the forum and the problem will be solved. Most of our more significant problems are never resolved that way. I'll talk more about that later, about mortification issues. But our more significant problems are deeper inside of us, more ingrained, part of our shaping influences that have made us to the person that we are. And it takes a while to work through that. It takes time. I'm talking about months. 
a year or two, depending on what the issue is. And so I have some vital resources here for you to hunker down with a friend so that you can spend adequate time, that you take a significant season of your life and work through this problem, especially if it is a life-dominating sin. I know that there are some people that, I mean, all of us struggle with insecurity, from time to time. You'll find yourself in an unguarded moment and in a situation where you need to speak forth or you need to do something and you are timid about doing it because you're overly concerned about what another person or other people may think of you. It could be something as simple as getting up in a public context and walking out the back door. We can be insecure like that because we're so concerned about, and here's the irony. So I, I was going to say we're so concerned about what other people think about us, but the, the real truth is we're, we're so concerned about what we think they think about us because the truth is people hardly care about you. I mean, the, if you're getting up in a public meeting and walking out the back door, really nobody cares about you. They pay you hardly no attention whatsoever. And so the real issue is what you think they are thinking about you. And that is a problem. And people are in that bondage. And so again, it's episode 175, when you're insecure around certain people. Now, I am not talking about, and maybe this, maybe I need to say this up front. I'm not talking about people who have physically harmed you. I'm not talking about someone who has molested you or raped you, someone who has been that that violent towards you. I'm not talking about that. I mean, somebody in somebody like that who's been so victimized by another person, and they can listen to what I've said thus far, and they say, well, I'm insecure of this person here because they were so horrific, violent toward me, and you're saying I shouldn't be insecure toward them. No, you'll probably always be insecure around them, and you should never be around them. We all should be afraid of certain people and never go around certain people. And so please understand that. I don't want to exacerbate the bondage that you're in because of some heinous thing that happened to you. I am speaking of your general run-of-the-mill insecurity, things like shyness or stage fright. How about fear of pastor syndrome? There are a lot of people that have a fear, a timidity, a shyness around their pastor. They elevate him to a certain level, and then they feel an insecurity around him. They can't treat him like another, like a normal human being. It was one of the struggles, one of the tensions that I had as a pastor. When I pastored, I seldom told anyone that I was a pastor, especially people that I didn't know. If they asked me what I did for a living or they tried to identify me vocationally, I tried to wiggle out of that conversation if I could because here's what happens. When, when people found out that I pastored, they began to react to me differently. The relationship changed. They changed. I didn't change. They changed. 
And so some people have this fear of pastor syndrome that they don't know how to act normally around their pastor. Other forms of social connection where people will be timid. Pick your own. The best way to get going in this is let me give you some synonyms for insecurity. I'm not going to explain all of them because we don't have time in this podcast, and there's so many things that I want to talk about, which should encourage you to get on our forums if you really want more clarity and talk to us, and we'll be glad to talk to you. But here's some synonyms for this idea of insecurity. Shyness, I've already mentioned. Shyness is a problem. Now, shyness is, is, I'm not equating that with being quiet. Being quiet is great. <laughs> there, there, a lot of us should learn to be quiet. But there's a difference between not talking and being shy. Being shy is more of a fear of talking. And so shyness could be a synonym. Peer pressure, you've heard of. Avoidance. That is a big one. We avoid things. Just today, I was consulting with someone, which is what I do like with business owners, and I was consulting with a business owner, and one of the things that he was telling me about a thing that was going on in his church where somebody had a problem with someone else, but instead of going to the person directly and dealing with the problem, they went to somebody else to talk about what they were struggling with with another individual. Now, I've been in church life all my life, or all my adult life, rather, and I have seen this play out 10 zillion times. Now, being in counseling, I have to interact with this all the time because people will come to me. And normally, one of the first questions that I will ask is, have you talked to so-and-so? And we have to talk through that. You've got to explain to me why you haven't gone to that person and talked to them. But a person who is timid or shy or insecure, they will avoid what they perceive are difficult situations. And they may be difficult situations, but we still should not avoid them. Another synonym is fear of failure. A common one. Don't want to look foolish in front of other people. Wrongly competitive, which which means I have to win, as, as uh, or another way of saying it, I can't lose because, well, that's a fear of failure. Wrongly competitive. Gossip, I've already mentioned. Self-conscious, easily embarrassed. Codependency is a popular secular cultural word. A person who confronts publicly but will not confront privately. This is a big deal for me on Facebook. We have a lot of people, a lot of fly-by shooters who love to blast things on Facebook, but they hardly ever come to us privately to talk about their problems, and that's so wrong. A person who needs to control, a person who's reactionary, oversensitivity, a person who handles rejection poorly, and then the last one here is a person who has a hard time saying no. There are a lot of good-hearted people in ministry who overcommit themselves because they are insecure. They don't say no. I remember a number of years ago when somebody was complimenting another individual, and they said that she has the gift of mercy, and they were only thinking about that individual superficially. What I was thinking about is, yeah, I mean, there is an element of a gift of mercy there, but what you really see is a person who who will not say no to anybody. They say yes to everybody, and they overextend themselves. And, and unfortunately, uh, she was labeled as an individual who has a gift of mercy, 
the the woman was in a trap. Uh, the woman was in her own self-made prison because of her insecurity. Hard time saying no. And I would caution all of you, especially those of you who are in leadership roles in ministry, that you be careful at this point here when you start talking to people about uh, doing things, especially a person who has a hard time saying no, because you could further enslave them because you need somebody to fill a slot. And so all these are synonyms for insecurity. I'm going to use the word insecurity because of its extensive use, universal understanding, and people get that word. But if you want to see this entire list, you can go to episode 175 of what I just shared with you, and you can read through this list if you have a question about any of these things, you can let me know and let's talk about it. But I'm going to use the word insecurity, and I have defined insecurity in the past, but I will quickly do it here for you so you'll have it in your mind. You need to understand what insecurity is as opposed to security. And so insecurity is placing your faith, your hope, your trust, your belief, your confidence in something that can be taken away. Now, I gave you five synonyms there, faith, hope, trust, belief, confidence. Those are all synonyms, and when I say confidence, I'm talking about God-centered confidence, not self-confidence. We have our confidence in the Lord. But insecurity is placing your faith, your hope, your trust, your belief, your confidence in something that can be taken away. And here's an illustration of that. I don't want that person to reject me for example, or say it another way, I want that person to accept me. And so my faith, my hope is in them not rejecting me or them accepting me. And of course, I'm putting my faith in a an individual who may or may not reject me depending on what I do or don't do. Now, because my faith is in them accepting me, that makes me insecure. It makes me vulnerable. If you place your faith in anything that could potentially be taken away, a lot of men do this with their jobs. They place their faith in their jobs. It becomes their identity. And then when they lose their jobs, they collapse. Uh, this happens also in marriages. A wife or a husband can, can put their hope and trust and not even realize it in their other spouse. And then when they lose the other spouse, they, they are beyond repair. Of course, we mourn and weep for a season, but they never get over it. It makes them insecure. And so the opposite of insecurity is basically the same thing that I shared with you with the exception of one word. Insecurity is placing your faith in something that can be taken away. Security is placing your faith, hope, trust, belief, confidence in something that cannot be taken away. If your ultimate faith is in something that cannot be taken away, then you will not be insecure. You'll not be timid. You'll not be shy because you are trusted in something that is immovable. Now, of course, there are only two things that can't be taken away, the eternal Word of God and the eternal Son of God. God and His Word are forever. And if your hope, if your dominating, controlling hope, faith, trust, belief, confidence is in the eternal Word of God, in the eternal God, then you are secure and it doesn't matter really 
what other people do to you because you are secure. And that is the difference. And it's critical that everybody gets to this place in their life. Now, the way that you begin tackling this problem is by owning the problem rather than making excuses for why you are this way. You know, people will say, well, you know, he's intimidating. You know, he's the pastor. Uh, That is making an excuse for the way that you are by placing your sin problem on somebody else. And so listen to what I said. The way you begin tackling this problem is by owning it rather than making excuses. And I've heard this one too. God made me shy. I am a shy person. Again, there's a distinction between being shy, which is motivated by fear, and being quiet. The solution for not being shy is not being a talker. That's not necessarily the solution. There are some people that it's just not their strength to talk all the time. But again, we're talking about being shy. The solution, the repentance for shyness is to overcome the fear not seeing how many words you can say in a minute or an hour. And so it's critical that you own this, that you turn the light on yourself and not on another individual. You know, as some people will say, well, he makes me so mad. When we say things like that, we're headed in the wrong direction and we will not find biblical solution. And so if you are insecure, turn it on you own the problem. Now, there are two compelling verses that are vying for control of the insecure person's soul. One of them I basically have mentioned already, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man. That verse says, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. I'll not unpack that. I have an entire webinar devoted to this. I have an entire article. I have multiple videos and graphics devoted to this verse, and so I'll not unpack that. But this is one verse that is vying for control of the insecure person's soul. By the way, many of those links here are in the show notes, and you can access virtually all of that information. But the other verse, so fear of man would be the problem, but the other verse is Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus And that is the safe place that you want to get to, where you are living in no condemnation. And there is no condemnation for those who trust Jesus. But here's the catch. There are many people who have trusted Jesus who feel condemned. They still live under the shadow of of whatever it is. Maybe they were born this way. They're they're, uh, born in... Uh, born Adamic tendencies, maybe they've been shaped this way by their life experiences as a child. Things have happened to them, and even though they are in Christ, they are not fully living in the, the freedom of the inheritance that God has given to them. And so these two verses will tug at you. Proverbs 29, 25 will want to ensnare you. The fear of man lays a snare. And then Romans 8, 1, Paul is wanting you to know that there's no condemnation, but you must know this more than just intellectually. It must be ruling your heart functionally so that you are free. Or as he said in Galatians, for freedom, God has set you free. Now, the most succinct way to think about this problem is to say, you could say it this way. There is only one opinion that matters, 
And I am going to submit to that one, which is God's opinion of me. That's the, that is a good way of saying it. There's only one opinion in the room that matters. And so as you uh, scan across the landscape of all the relationships in your life, there's only one opinion that transcends all other opinions, and that's God's opinion of you. And when His opinion has that kind of functional control in your life, not intellectual control, definitely it has to be intellectual control. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, and so knowledge is a component to how you live your life, but knowledge knowledge alone will not transform you. And so, yes, you must understand this conceptually, but what I am talking about is understanding it functionally, which will make it transformational in your life. The only controlling opinion that should manage you should be God's opinion, but this concept that I'm talking about right here could be a problem if you're not secure about God's opinion of you. You see, and that's the struggle. Some people will sign off on that intellectually. Yeah, I know that the only opinion in the room that matters is God's opinion of me. But here's the thing. I struggle with my relationship with God. I struggle with his opinion of me. You see, there are many adults that are walking around in your relationship, in your life, who have had awful experiences, let's say, with their dads. And, and when they came into Christianity as an adult, their relationship with their dad was so powerfully awful that what they do is they map that relationship over how they understand and respond to God. And so though, though they can say, yeah, I know that the only opinion in the room that should matter is God, but I have a hard time doing that because of this strong shaping influence in my life. Other people, it wasn't an awful experience with their dads, but it's people who have never had good relationship models in their life. They don't know, they, they haven't seen a human representation of a person that, that loves and, and doesn't condemn and is forgiving and gracious There should be those. I mean, children should have those representations in their parents. Husbands and wives should be that to each other. Friends should be that to each other. And it's a precursor to what the perfect relationship looks like. But for some people, their relationships have been so horrific that to get to where God is, the most perfect relationship, it's just a bridge too far for them. And so because of the horrific relational shaping influences in their life, they struggle with their relationship with the Lord. Let me ask you some diagnostic questions, some things for you to think about as to how you are this way, and hopefully that we're beyond making excuses for why we are this way, and we really want to diagnose our souls. And so here are five questions for you to think about. Number one, why do you struggle with shame? I define shame as an internal awkwardness of the soul, a person who is not comfortable in their skin. Why do you struggle with shame? Now, it would be important for you to sit down and to write out or to have a long conversation with a friend 
and say, I have this internal awkwardness in my soul. I'm not comfortable in my skin. Those are ways of describing what I call shame here. Why do you struggle with shame? Assuming you do. Number two, what forms of guilt attempts you, attempts to captivate your mind? Whether the guilt is real or false guilt, what forms of guilt attempts to captivate your mind? Because of your difficult experience that you had with, with certain people in your life, you can overinterpret what other people are saying or other people are doing because you have been pre-wired to be this way. And there, maybe there's relationships in your life to where you interpret what they are doing and what they mean when that's not what they're doing. And it's not what they mean because guilt attempts to captivate your mind because you, you've been shaped that way. And so can you talk through that? Can you work through that? Number three, why is it crucial for you to be accepted or to be significant? Why is that so important? To you. It wasn't important to Jesus. It shouldn't be important for any Christian. But is, if it is important, why is it so? Number uh, four, why are, you con- why are you compelled to be in control of your relationships? Or why is it hard for you to be vulnerable? It is very hard for some people to be vulnerable, and that leads to all kinds of relational problems. Number five, what is it that you need from someone that is so important that you give them power over you? This desire to be accepted, this desire to be significant. Do you know that you can give people power over you because you want something so badly from them? All of these issues motivate a person to be strong, not weak. All of the questions that I just asked you will tempt you to try to at least present yourself as being strong and not weak because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to be weak. You don't want to be perceived as that person of guilt. You don't want to be exposed is part of it. You don't want to be found out. And then for some, you don't want to be hurt again. You've been hurt so often that you create this force field, this shield around you. It's not who you are. It really isn't. It's who you pretend to be, but inside there is a little boy or a little girl that is hiding, but you created this this world that is not you, that that other people see. They'd rather live a self-reliant life, and it negates the power of God in your life. Now, in order to work through these issues, I have 10 things that are listed here. I'm going to try to move through them. We're at the end of the podcast, but again, we have show notes here. We have this skeletal outline that I'm sharing with you, and so I'm going to appeal to you to get on episode 175 when you're insecure around certain people, and I want you to work through these things. I'll go as far as I can, and then I'll stop, but I'll trust that you'll get on episode 175 and that you'll read all this for yourself. Number one, 10 things as far as mind, uh, mind renewal. Number one, you'll not be able to work through this problem alone. You've got to get that. You can't do this alone. Number two, it's a mortification issue more than it's an amputation issue. 
It's amputation and that there's some physical behavioral things that you need to do. Of course, you need to do some physical things. You need to make certain actions and start responding differently. But the deeper issue is this is a mortification issue. And so it's not going to change. And that's why point number one, you've got to get with somebody to help you to walk through this problem. It's going to take time. And so you'll not be able to work through it alone. Number two, it's a mortification issue more than it's an amputation issue. Number three, you must be honest about who you are. Now, this is a hard part for some people, the vulnerability thing that I was talking about, being weak, being exposed, being found out. That's hard for some people. Number four, it's critical that you reveal the ways that you create a representative of your real self that you project to others, hoping they will accept you. And when I say point number three, that you got to be honest about who you are, point number four, that's what I'm talking about. Being critical to reveal the ways that you create a representative of your real self. I see this all the time in people. They create a fake person that they project out into the world, hoping that people will accept that person because they are the scared little girl that's hiding behind their representative that they're projecting out there. Number four, you've got to own this and reveal this. Now, number five, if you adequately work through the first four things that I've just shared with you, you'll be able to address the real culprits that have captivated your heart. Let me say them again. Number one, you'll not be able to work it alone. Number two, it's a mortification issue more than an amputation issue. Number three, you must be honest about who you are. Number four, you've got to reveal uh, all the ways that you create a representative of yourself. Now, there are 10 things here I want you to get on episode 175 when you're insecure around certain people. And if you need to talk to us, let's do that. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.